Metro FM Talk. Constitutional Court today handing a ruling backing government's decision to uh, not award inflation-beating wage increases to 1.2 million public servants in 2020. And uh, this uh, came out in a hard-hitting unanimous judgment. Uh, Constitutional Court Acting Justice Mjabliseni Matondo uh, lashing out at public service unions saying they were unjustifiably enriched from the impugned collective agreement that government entered into with the trade unions in 2018 at the Public Sector Coordinating Bargaining Council, which would have cost uh, 29 billion rand to implement. And uh, joining me now on the line to talk a bit more about this is the General Secretary of Nehao, Zola Sapeta. Nobala, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening to you and the viewers. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Nobala, I mean, just talk to me briefly, and I guess for the benefit of some of our listeners, might not have been following, you know, the sequence of events that got us to this decision today in the Constitutional Court. Let's start there. I mean, in where does it come from? You will remember that uh, in 2018, we ventured into salary negotiations um, with different uh, demands which were complemented by different uh, compromises culminating into the agreement resolution of 2018. And the government had uh, honored uh, um, the 2018-2019, the but uh, the government decided to renege on 2020. And then um, the matter went to court, a labor appeals court and appeals court to judge uh, favorable to the employer mm. and you know they had to take it to constitutional court because we were convinced that our social economic rights had been taken away. So that really therefore um, that has been made today is precisely as a result of that uh, argument. And unfortunately um, though we're not shocked but disappointed uh, that the court was narrow they did not look into the context. Uh, they look only to the law, particularly Section 216 of the Constitution, which empowers the Minister of Finance on the issue of fiscals to be the person who has the last word. And interestingly, is that uh, <clears throat> this uh, agreement was not only an agreement between the Minister of uh, Public Service and Administration, it is an agreement that was tabled in the Cabinet, presided over by the sitting president, Cyril uh, Maposa, which uh, they gave the thumbs up. That's why um, it became a law, but the court mm. is unconstitutional. What in your view about how the Minister of Finance exercised the power, as you say, that is accorded to him by that piece of legislation? Uh, do you feel, I guess, he had gone over and above those powers? Because I guess, you know, that, that would be the nub of the issue, that, yes... He, you know, they had the power, all of those who were signatories to it, to sign to the agreement. But also, I guess, the finance minister is uniquely positioned insofar as he has the power, uh, I guess, to also renege on such an agreement. What, in your view, do you feel was not a proper, you know, reason for reneging on that? Because I guess that's, what, that's where the, the, the nub of the issue might be. Yeah, certainly. Uh, let me confirm that the, the, in terms of the Constitution, a particular section that deals with fiscals of the country, the minister has powers. So what what should have had happened was that um, um, having um, concluded the agreement before signing, uh, the state um, through the, its representative, which is a dependent of labor, should have um, sought uh, a permission 
uh, from the minister, which was not the case because it has never happened ever since we negotiated. So mm. only now, Tito, having been the minister of labor, observing the negotiations taking place from the onset, decided um, now only 2020 that we are not going to get our money, and therefore he looked into that uh, constitutional law which empowers him, and as such, um, 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 uh, that cannot be ignored because it's a constitution, therefore it ought to be followed. But the interesting thing is that uh, the, the judge, uh, Madondo, um, is creating an impression that uh, workers were at fault, yet people who were at fault because of negligence is the, the state itself which could not go and sought the permission from the minister, but the workers, as a result of that, and the fact that uh, those were involved and there are no consequences on them, but the court decided to punish workers. So, so, so from where you're sitting, I mean, I guess th- there's another question for me which arises, which is, you know, you were sitting across the, the parties on the other side. What do you make of what the judges suggested that insofar as you r- managed to sign that deal in 2018, that uh, you benefited, I guess, in a manner that was disproportionate to, I guess, whatever the financial situation might have been. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. words used here is unjustifiably enriched. Uh, from this uh, collective agreement. I mean, what is your assessment of that? And I guess the, the basis on which that assessment is made, I mean, just the adjective there, unjustifiably, um, that, is a bit interesting as well. That, that's, that's why we are not agreeing with court. We, we shouldn't be, court shouldn't judge and blame us for the responsibility that inherent is not on us. Because uh, uh, the state is a custodian of the constitution, and they know the rules of the engagement, and they should have done what they're supposed to do. We are quite pointed with that fact that because of the subjective weaknesses and the challenges of capacity on the side of the state, and including the negligence and workers are punished. Look, we, we do think that we are deserving that money that was given to us because it's a product of the engagement. Uh, as to whether uh, the state would have failed to do what is expected to them, it can't really be a... Uh, a, a, a fault of workers. So, so we were expecting that if that is true, as claimed by the judge, we should have said something about the state its inability to follow the constitution to totality. But it's not mentioning anything about the state yet, and it acknowledges the inequalities on the part of the state. But the state is getting away with murder, and people who are innocent are the ones who are suffering the most. And and where to from here? I mean, as you often say, you're probably going to be studying this judgment, but, I mean, where to from here for yourselves as public sector trade unions? No, we've studied the, the judgment, we've consulted with our lawyers. Uh, unfortunately, one thing that we agreed, unfortunately, there's no place beyond the constitutional court where we can appeal, uh, perhaps bring other reasons. So the decision of the constitutional court is final, and we accept that it's final. But we are worried about the future salary negotiations because this is a, it's a precedent that, um, that brings difficulties uh, moving forward. So it means that uh, there has never been an agreement for, in particular for 2020, and therefore we do think that we should revoke the demands that um, we raised in 2020 because we do think that we deserve an increase for that year. So that's a starting point. We are going back uh, and, uh, and revoke those uh, demands so that at least there's an argument that covers that here. Otherwise, 
um, there will be no reason to negotiate. And now we are also consulting with members. You know, after the reneging, uh, government, instead of giving salary increase, gives the workers the cash allowance, which has no meaning as a bearing to their pension fund. So it's a total reversal, actually, of the gains that would have been achieved uh, when, uh, during the resistance period. Mm-hmm. So it means that uh, now we have to combine um, the, the year 2020 together with the uh, 2022-2023 uh, salary negotiations. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be easy. Let me be, let me be honest with you. It's not going to be easy because the difficulty that we face with now, we'll be engaging with an employer whom, firstly, we don't know whether it's engaging with us in good faith or is engaging as a form of signing an agreement as a form of averting a strike and later will come and renege now. So that's what this uh, judgment presents. It's presenting uh, two options for the employer and it's favorable to the employer. So it makes it so difficult um, to, to, to negotiate in the future because it means, literally says, before we even venture into salary negotiations, uh, the Minister of Finance ought to be brought uh, uh, forward and you should be asked, how much do you have in your envelope? And if it says I have 20 rand, so whatever we discuss should be assuming the parameters of 20 rand. That's the difficulty that has been presented by this uh, judgment. Mm. And I guess maybe just the last one before I let you go on a bit of a more political score. I mean, I, I was hearing, uh, you know, on one of our platforms here at the public broadcaster today, many, you know, uh, people in the community saying, well, you know, if... Uh, you know, there's there can be reneging on a collective uh, agreement that has been bargained and negotiated in this fashion. Um, then what basis, I guess, do trade unions like yourselves and your counterparts in Pop Crusato and others have through your federation to be in an alliance with the, you know, uh, governing party in the shape that you currently are in alliance with them? Certainly. Certainly we want to say um, uh, it's a reality that the South African government is, a, is an ANC government, is ruled by ANC, um, and the cabinet is purely ANC leaders who have uh, approved and later decided to, to renege. So there is no way that we can escape, though we're not negotiating with an ANC, but the truth of the matter is an ANC government. And, uh, and this is a matter that ought to be discussed. You remember, because I was a Congress in, 20, in September this year. We do think that uh, we will uh, continue to be raising these issues and engaging uh, with other figures of Kosato up to the Congress, discussing the, what is this relationship worth for, mm. particularly for workers, and is that decision, that kind of a discussion that will help us to make a determination. Already, we have signaled as now, as you know, that we could not even uh, contribute a cent for the local government election. Mm. And then secondly, we have taken a resolution in our Congress that uh, if anything is to happen, we will have to persuade the Communist Party to contest election. That's, mm. where, that's what we're going to be supporting now, um, as opposed to a, a party that uh, once is in power, it seems, it seems to be acting mm. more against us. So, so that's the kind of a discussion that we had, and we hopefully we'll have this discussion, mm. but also we'll have to clarify the issue of the employer and employee. Mm. Mm. And I mean, just on the point that, that you're making, insofar as the Communist Party is concerned, I mean, are you suggesting that your members, in their own right, as members of the SACP, will what put that forward in in the coming National Congress of the party, or, or, or how will that happen? Certainly, we are members of the Communist Party. Almost all of us are members of now, not only, not only national across. We will rightfully raise that, and we will lobby others 
directors now and indirectly to, as you know, that the Communist Party has already taken that decision. And it's a matter of saying that there is no right time other than this, uh, because uh, at some point we will not, we will find ourselves having difficulties to take a decision to vote for anyone else other than the Communist Party. Nopal, let's leave it there. A pleasure catching up with you, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Zola Sapeta is the General Secretary of the National Education, Health and Allied Workers Union speaking to us this evening for our Shop Stewards Corner. Yeah.